Well, firstly on Vardy, I think it's a bit of a funny groin situation rather than a knock, uh, but I may be, may be wrong. Kylie, there's um, no such thing as a funny groin injury. <laughs> no, you spot, you spot on his, his groin. <laughs> I told you. So there's something funny going on with his groin. That's all I'm saying. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of season 4 of The Three Amigos. I'm your host Don and I'm joined as always by my amigo Mars and my amiga Kylie. Welcome to the show folks. What in the world did we just experience this past game week? Wolves, <laughs> Wolves, Wolves and Man City smashed by West Ham and Leicester. I mean that was the definitely the highlight of it but it was a bit of a car crash wasn't it folks? Uh, it was me smashed by FPL gods. That's what it was. <laughs> a train wreck <laughs> yeah i i know that i am definitely i i think i yeah no, i am definitely the last of the amigos this week after my wild card last week um 28 points but oh. marzi marzi your top dog um after a respectable score so um why don't you fill the listeners in quickly on that yeah i mean just about i've got uh 41 minus four so 37 uh nothing you know uh De Bruyne, who flopped. I mean, you know, we'll talk about, we'll touch on City and De Bruyne later. Nothing major, to be honest. I think clean sheet. Che Adams' assist, that felt like a like a hat-trick from him. Suchek coming off the bench for Paul Dents got me six points. Uh, like I said, n- nothing major, but, you know, I'm happy with 37 points. In a bad game week, with a low, low-ish average... It's not. It's not a bad score. It, it feels good. Um, I think this week, yeah, it was definitely about any kind of highlights at all. I had the highlight of Martinez clean sheet. I celebrated that like it was the World Cup, and also then I, um, I, I, I know the week started off all right with Brighton. Me getting the um, the assist from um, from the the little Brighton fullback who's brilliant. Lamptey. Uh, yeah, Lamptey. Yeah, Lamptey. Name escaped me for a minute there, but uh, how about yourself, Kylie? Did you have any highlights at all from game week three? <laughs> no, mine mine was an absolute disaster. So I was actually the worst performer. I had uh, twenty four points net, so it was thirty two uh, minus eight, and it genuinely looked like I was not going to hit uh, twenty points at one point. In fact, if it wasn't for the <laughs> McCarthy clean sheet on what was it? Was it Sunday night? Um, yeah, whenever that was. it was, yeah, Saturday I, night. Saturday night, yeah. It looked like I was going to be going into the following game, uh, following day, having played six players and still on a minus for my hit. So it was an absolute disaster. I. I got his returns uh, and then obviously Liverpool, thank God for Salah and Trent. At that point, I, I genuinely didn't care about ownership. I was just like, get points. me to 20. Points. Give me points. <laughs> I uh, had to laugh. Yeah. Well, anything anything will do. Anything I was, will do. I was honestly just providing the comedy because it had to be done. It was, uh, you know, um, Hindi Monkey and I were almost in a battle to see who could conceivably have had the worst week ever. I didn't manage to score less than him in the end, so he still holds the trophy for that. 
but I went close. He'll be delighted anyway. He likes winning, no matter no matter even if it's been the biggest loser. Winning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I have I have some managers who are doing fantastic. So they're at the top of our three amigos FPL Classic Mini League. Um, the code for that is NJ7WWW. So do join up today because I do actually think we're probably close at lads over the international break, maybe um, because we do like to close it up um, to new managers because we want we want basically to keep the ones who have been with us from the beginning. So join up there quickly. Um, top spot is still FBL Mumbai. That's Harsh Pandya's team. Um, hits galore. Second spot is um, is Matt. Izashi, he's uh, moved up to second spot. Dr. Zayich, Dr. Zayich, Will King's team moved up to third spot. And down is Mont- Mount Me Greenwood, Tim Lee's team. Rude boy, Tim, rude. Um, and staying in fifth spot is Brown Burn Rovers, Lewis Brown's team on 216 points. So all of those are doing much better than we are at the moment, but uh, but we will do our best to catch up with you. Marzi, baby, this time of the podcast, we always hand it over to you to get rid of some of your fantasy angst, get rid of some of your your anger, your um, your frustration with the FBL world. So here it is, your rant of the week. What's that coming over the hill? Is it a mob run? Is it a mob run? It was going to be a huge run. It's going to be a run about the lack of common sense and how the, the game is going if it's not gone. But luckily for all of us, they've had some common sense and the Premier League with the referees and everything have decided that they are going to be more lenient. Now, unlucky to Spurs, unlucky to Palace because they both did not deserve to lose or drop points for those games because it was ridiculous. However, common sense prevails because, listen, let's make sure of one thing. It's not VAR's fault, nor is the ref's fault. They are following the rules. And actually, VAR has been brilliant since the beginning of the season. I don't think there's been any contentious thing with offsides, everything. They've been spot on and the, the, the right advantage is being given or, or taken away. But when you have a stupid rule where you have... I don't care what people say. It's easy to tell if a player is trying to use their hands and extend their body. It's easy. Ward was not doing that. His hand was actually tucked in. The ball was hit at him with power and he was not that far away. Dyer's one I get and it's quite controversial because he did move his hand and that made his body bigger. But he wasn't looking at the ball. Anyway, moving forward, it looks like it's going to get better. And that's absolutely right because it's just for the sake of the game. Forget about FPL. For the sake of the game, we cannot be having penalties like that. Mars out. What's that coming over the hill? Is it a mob run? Is it a mob run? What's that coming over the hill? Is it a mob run? Here, here. Good rant, Mersey. Some of the stats, 20 penalties, 26 games so far. Um, six of them for handball. And uh, that leaves us on course for like 304 penalties over the season. Um, the highest previously was like one third of that. I think that's 0.71 penalties per game. Uh, courtesy of who got the assist, yeah. Yeah, um, and the who got assist podcast actually this week um, had did cover off that um, the the penalties controversy in fantastic style. So um, do recommend give those guys a listen. 
for that. Next up, folks, we're going to do our T3A roundtable. And um, we have several players who we have to talk about given their performances in the opening three game weeks. Some of the high-performing players have been aided by the deluge of penalties we've witnessed, but at the end of the day, penalties are worth just as much as bicycle kicks from the edge of the box. Vardy, uh, that's injury update pending. I've written beside him because I think he should be okay, but he did have a little bit of a knock towards the end of that game. Leicester seemed to be getting a lot of pens in the opening weeks. If he's injury-free, is he the best option for managers looking to replace Werner, or is it better to save money and go for DCL, Ings, or Jimmy? Kylie, come to you first on that one. Well, firstly on Vardy, I think it's a bit of a funny groin situation rather than a knock, uh, but I may be, may be wrong. Kylie, there's no um, such thing as a funny groin injury. <laughs> <laughs> no, you spot, you spot on his, his groin. <laughs> I told you. So there's something funny going on with his groin. That's, that's all I'm saying. You know, uh, read into that what you will. Um, so, yeah, okay, we can't talk about Vardy without talking about penalties. And obviously, I mean, it's hilarious because I feel like year on year we have the same conversation about um, Vardy as an option and his, his you know, lack of impressive XG and now it's all non-penalty XG and um, whatever. The reality is that Vardy has scored five goals. Four of them have been penalties, yes, and in fact Leicester have had five penalties in total, obviously with Madison scoring the uh third one there um, while Vardy had come off with the aforementioned funny groin. Um, so you, you can't not talk about penalties in that context because, you know, we've, we've had a number of players, Salah included, Malpai, you know, who have had a couple of penalties. Um, and that's part of why you buy them, frankly, right? You, you know, you, you pay a bit of extra money in some cases for players who are on penalties. So it's worthy of consideration. Um, just in terms of, yes, Okay, both, in fact, both Mars and I are, are in this challenging position of, of owning Marshall and, and Werner, right, two underperformers. Werner in particular, that's his third match and he's played West Brom. And this really felt like a match in which we needed to see something. We needed to see him score. In fact, he didn't. And he scored tonight during the Carabao Cup in an ultimate troll situation uh, so well done him on on doing the dirty on all of us FPL managers including lots who captained him I think it's very challenging to make a choice you've you've got Vardy on the one hand and then you do have these really strong performers who are cheaper in Ings and Jimenez for me I think I would be going for Ings and Jimenez um, they are that bit that they're cheaper I think they're going to perform similarly at least to Vardy and certainly good value for their money. Jimenez, yes, he had a disappointing uh, zero and he got the own goal, but he's got great fixtures. I think it's one to probably not overthink at the moment. Yeah, I agree with Kylie. I think, uh, look, um, it's funny, right, because beginning of the season, um, we we decided to go for these shiny toys when we had the experienced and non-players like the Vardy, the, the Jimenez and the Ings, that we knew they would deliver. And if we started with them, we'd probably be sitting here laughing, well, until Jimenez scored an on-goal yesterday. Uh, but I think with the with the way, with the pictures coming up, the way they're delivering, uh, forget Jimenez's on-goal, that was unlucky. Um, and uh, Ings is just so Mr. Reliable. And the money that you're saving, especially with the strong midfields coming up, again, forget about City's loss, we'll touch on that later, but their players are still as good. I think, 
you know, you can have a forward line of, if I was, if I was to wildcard now, I'll probably go him as Ings DCL. Why wouldn't I? They are, or, or Richardson because they're close in price, but they are on fire. You know, it, it, we say form over fixture. That's where you go. Okay. At the beginning, we said we didn't have the fix, the form. So we'll go with the fixtures, which is why we picked some of those players. But now it is form over fixture. And these are the form players. So you absolutely can, definitely can go with, with your DCL, uh, um, um, Ings, Jimenez, uh, uh, more pie if you really want to, but you know, I would rather Bamford go speak first. and Lacazette. <laughs> Bam- Bamford, Bamford for Leeds. Listen, I mean, the guy was knocked by Leeds fans yeah. last year saying that he misses goals, but he's not. He's, he's regularly scoring and he's what five point is, he's, he's risen to 5.8, Yeah, exactly. So definitely you can have three strong forwards with good fixtures coming up. Um, so absolutely, I think, um, it makes sense. To, to go to these players rather than your Vardy and the Kane, especially with Kane, another one to touch on, with Son's injury and Spurs fixtures, you can see they, they will get tired and I think Kane would, he'll be a, a provider. But with his price and I know he's a penalty taker, I think there's a lot of options. And these guys that we just mentioned, by the way, Jimenez and Ings and Richardson to take pens. So if you're thinking about that as well, well, they're the penalty takers in their teams. Um, I know Jimenez shares it, but he's still a good, reliable person. As you said, the Jimenez thing was a little bit of a, it was like a kick, a, literally a kick when we were down when he scored the OG. I was annoyed because I had Suchek. So I, was, I wasn't watching the game. I was putting my, my girls to bed and somebody messaged saying Suchek gone. I went mental. I went on Twitter. I was like, if you think I'm going to celebrate Suchek's goal like it's a Vardy Hardrick, you're damn right. They're so. damn right, And yeah. then somebody messaged, <laughs> somebody messaged saying, Absolutely. it's an assist. And I was like, Damn you! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the uh, it was it was bad, but no, they, as as you guys are mentioning, I mean, there's a lot of great fixtures for those for those players who are you know below that premium price. Um, but uh, yeah, and Richarlison is definitely one. Since I'm not on the DCL wagon at the moment, that's the one I was considering if I did come off of Werner was um, was to go that route um, to try to get in on that action on the penalty action. But we shall. Don, s- I've got a book to, uh, I've got I've got a bone to pick with you though. On your, on your tweet about DCL, I completely disagree. I don't understand the logic behind that. Let me, let me just uh, put it the way I, I read it. So you believe DCL will score 20 goals. I mean, listen, any player that scores more than 20 goals is a great player. But you still think he's not worth bringing in because he's already scored five, so there's only 15 goals. To... If you tell me now no. DCL will score 15 more goals, I'll go and get him. That's how I understood it. So defend yourself, Don. Defending myself... <laughs> My tweet, because not not everyone not not everyone in the world follows um, the Marble Curse and and absorbs his Twitter <laughs> genius. But the yeah, my, no, my tweet was it was it was basically a bit of a balanced one. It was my head scratcher that I try and I'm trying this season not to chase points. It's very very easy, even on my own yeah. wild card, was not mm-hmm. to try to chase goals. And my argument with myself, it's an internal debate I was having. I wasn't having having one side or the other was if <laughs> if I was looking at the likes of DCL playing for Everton as good as they are. And I'm going, how many goals do I realistically think he's going to score in the year? And and some of the more stat minded people came back to me saying, well, you just revise your target. But my point is that even at the moment, I can't see a player like him. He's a good player, don't get me wrong, scoring more than 20 goals in the season. So my point is that even if he is playing in a good Everton team, can I see him? First of all, his pace is going to fall off. But if it was 15 goals in the remaining 35 fixtures, first of all, my argument would be, I'm unlikely, very unlikely, say I get him in now and all of a sudden his goal rate tri- slows down to like one in three, um, whatever, like that. 
am I likely to stick with him or am I going to be looking at him as being a transfer out down the line? And my more realistic answer to that is I'll be looking to transfer him out. And it's not any argument against him, but it's more the thing of my own internal debate, whether or not I am chasing points, getting him in now, or whether I should just bite the bullet because I'm never, I'm not going to catch up with people by getting in the player they already have and the 4 million people ahead yeah. of me have him. Now, that's the, that's not really the argument that I would use in myself because at the end of the day, not getting in a player who's that price and who's banging in the goals is never going to improve my mm. rank because everyone will have him. Yeah, I think it's too early for that, Don, to worry about. Uh, I think look, I think if I was to work on now, him or Richardson, I think, the, the fact that I've got Rodriguez, I don't, I don't I keep saying to myself, I don't want to double up on Everton, but maybe it's just a mistake. And I've got, and, I've got, and they've got Liverpool. But I do have my own in because I think they've got a nice run of fixtures later. He will be more expensive. It's, it will be him or Richarlison. But uh, I'll tell you what, like, you know, talking, talking about stats and stuff, uh, you'll be interested to know. Leaders shot inside the box. Salah, who's second? Dominic Cavett-Lewin. Um, uh, Non-penalty non um, shots per game. Uh, he's uh, at four. Salah is 5.7. Non-penalty XG per 90. Plus XA. Don't ask me what these means. I don't know. But anyway, he's second to Harry Kane. 1.43. I mean, the guy... There is no doubt in it. There is no doubt. It's, it's not... It's Zero not, context it, and a stat. Yeah. And, like, there, there, is, there is zero rationale based on the way he started the season, the way Everton have, for me uh. to both have the argument because I brought in Rodriguez on Hamez on my, uh, my wildcard. And I, again, didn't want to particularly... I wanted to stick with Werner to the West Brom game and I had Jimenez in on my wildcard as well and I thought I'm going to stick with that for now and it's an easy downgrade if he does continue it on. I'm still wary of the double up for Everton but but it, there is zero argument for, for not getting him in um, realistically unless it's a thing that you think that it's going to fall off and my tweet was more it was a balanced thing in my head what is my internal arguments and um, some people found it interesting that's all but it's um, it's not really uh, it's not really some aside that I'm particularly swayed. Yeah, I'm anti DCL. I'm not like Kylie or Hindu monkey. I'm um, I'm pretty much open to him. Uh, will we move on, folks? Because the forwards are always the glamour position, and of course everyone wants to get in. The strikers banging in um, braces and hat tricks every week as um, as the, as the season has started. But uh, what we want to actually touch on is City Wolves. Um, their game week three performances were shocking. Um, nobody had anticipated Leicester's um, mal much maligned defence um, managing to restrict Man City, and I would say restrict to two goals. Um, and we didn't anticipate at all Wolves conceding four. So I'll come to you first, Marzi, on it. Like, are these kind of freak occurrences? Are they signs of maybe deeper issues at both clubs? Yeah, and we had a good question about this from Reddit from uh, Kof. Kofefi47, does a lack of a striker for Man City makes their asset considerably less appealing? They look pretty blunt against Leicester, low block, uh, Leicester's low block. So it's a fair point. Um, you know, actually, I was watching the game. I, I was watching, I was like, this is going to be one of those games where I thought KDB was just not going to deliver. I don't know, it, just the way he was marked out of the game by Leicester. Actually, if you watch Tiedemans and their midfield, they were just kept following him and trying to block I the pass to him. Um they and yeah, there was. I was watching. I was like, where? I was like, where's Sterling? Where's Foden? Who's number nine? I don't think they even knew. I think I, there's two things here. Uh, look, it's a freak, but I think 
until they figure, they need to play with a with with, with a number nine. So whether it's KDB because he's done false nine before, where it's Sterling, somebody needs to be the number nine and be the focal point. Now they are not going to be as good as Jesus or Aguero for sure. Now with regards to City, I think they are going to bang. They're going to be absolutely fine. It's a freak. However. Just like they lost nine games last year, I see them losing again. Why? Because of the way they defended yesterday. When Leicester realised that they could get at them and use their pace, their, City's defence is awful. I'm sorry, absolutely awful. Those penalties should never have been given like that. All were right, by the way. But that's because it was so... It, it, Leicester just realised that, wait a minute, if we bypass the midfield, we actually have a chance. You know, oh gosh, we can actually get at them. Now, n- not many teams will do that with City. But what... I'm really intrigued to watch next next game because Bielsa's not going to change his tactics. Leeds came to Anfield and went for it. And I can see a really open game between Leeds and City and hoping for goals. Because I think the way the way they play, you know, Le- City, City can't defend. Leeds have conceded a lot of goals and I expect an end-to-end game. So I think it's a freak, but I think we'll see them losing more games. The problem is more teams will respect them, especially when they're away. Yeah, I mean, City, to be honest with you, they did, their invincibility cloak did drop last season a decent bit with the number of defeats they had, and it doesn't show any signs of stopping. Now, we'll have to see with this new, um, the new signing they're after bringing in, because we at Liverpool, of course, know that a couple of really top quality signings can really revitalise a defence, so we'll see the way they go. But um, what about Wolves? What's, what was your thinking yeah. on Wolves? Wolves, in the first pod, I said about Wolves, like, you know, they, we're not sure about what's happening with Vinagra. Dohut is going. That's two of the, you know, they're bringing in a new left back. That's two of the back four. But we said, you know, Patricio's amazing and he has been. He's still a great keeper. And their centre backs were still the same. But you can see something is, at the back, something is not adding up. Because the new, the new guys need to, now they've got a new right back. They've got a new left back. He's injured. They need to settle. Um, I think, look, again, it was a free. I mean, West Ham are capable of doing this. They've come to Anfield before and beat Liverpool 4-0. One season, um, they have good attacking players. Now, will, will Wolves lose like this again? I know a lot of people are going on to their defenders. I mean, look, they're coming up against the, uh, Fulham soon and other teams that are not as uh, attack-minded. Um, they've got a nice run of fixtures. I don't see them losing. I don't think they are the the defense that everybody's making out to be because of the new players. But I think we'll see more goals and more attacking from them in those fixtures. Uh, Jimenez. Um, I saw the the fact that they missed. Pordens, funnily enough, even though it's been three games, there just seems to be something missing in their attack. And the, the quicker Semedo settles, so Taror is, pu- is pushed up and uh, Pordens hopefully, hopefully is back, we'll see more of Jimenez. So again, I think it's a one-off from an attacking point of view, but from a defence, maybe it's one to watch. We need to see the defence settle a little bit. Um, Kylie, um, Son, of course, uh, he has been the ultimate troll in, um, in the first three game weeks, doing nothing in game week one, um, absolutely slaughtering everybody in game week two, and then in game week three, hitting the bar twice, and then going off with an injury at halftime. Um, pretty much a roller coaster for anyone who had him in at all. Um, but um, with him going out, what are your kind of ideal replacements? Who would you be suggesting to people maybe to be looking at? Um, I know, obviously, Bruno, if you have a little bit of cash in the bank, might be an ideal one. But um, is there any other options? And what's your thoughts maybe on the impact on Harry Kane with uh, with Son missing? Sure. OK, so I guess first on, on Son replacement. Um, yes, Bruno is an option for people. You you do have to find that extra sort of 1.5 
Um, he's not the direction I'd personally be going in. Um, he wasn't impressive, like, at all. I guess this is part of the thing with, with Bruno is that despite being unimpressive, he can still come away with a haul um, and get a penalty at any time, as as we've seen, in, indeed, even after the whistle in this instance. Um, but I think you, Son is at that kind of slightly odd price point where there's not really anyone that is Super, that is the same price as him. You know, you can go up to Rashford, 9.5 or a bit higher to Bruno. Um, you can go down to, for instance, Amares, who is given the lack of options at City at the moment with, with injuries, a uh, potential one that could be a super differential for people. Um, or you could go further down. And there, there is one I think that stands out for a couple of weeks and that is Mr. Harvey Barnes. So, um, his next two fixtures are West Ham at home and then Aston Villa at home. Then he's got Arsenal away, which is given, you know, Arsenal have been a lot better defensively. I know they just played Liverpool, um, but they have been. And um, so that's a little bit tricky. But then they've got Leeds after that. So for the next few, they're, they're quite good. Now, Barnes is obviously not on penalties, right? We know that. Um but he's still playing really well. He's had the most shots on target in the game with seven. Um, he obviously delivered in the, in game week two. He didn't do anything against City, but it, you know, he was the one that was passing the ball to Vardy who got taken down in the box. So you're, you're kind of like, well, you're not that far away from, from having had an assist for a, a penalty. So I think he's a really nice one to go to. Um, and it also gives you a bit of money. It gives you, um, what, nearly two million, depending on what Son's price is, he's likely to drop. But it gives you, yeah, a fair bit of money to spend wherever it is you want. You know, you might be reshuffling the decks a little bit. So there's something there. If you're, you know, still in that range, you've obviously got Rodriguez. If you don't have, an Everton player and you don't want to go for one of the strikers or if you want to double up um, with a, even further down, we've got the likes of Foden um, and we have Trossard. Trossard's a really interesting one. I feel so badly for those managers who have him because he's only got three shots on target officially in the game, but about 40 billion hit the crossbar. <laughs> I think it's five. Yeah. Kylie, it's like it's like you, it's like you knew I had a stat ready about this. Here's well, the thing. Here's the thing. Trossard had three shots. Officially, has three shots on target, and he's thirty third most in the league. Thanks, FPL Suite, for that. By the way, well, if you think I did the research, I just you don't said know that. me. Yeah, yeah, I know, no, no. But do you know how many, he actually? If you count that, the shots on the uh, that hit the post, it'll be seven shots equal equal with Barnes, DCL, and Kane. Yeah, it's mad. It's it's it crazy, right? And somebody said, "Oh yeah, but sh- hitting the bar doesn't count." Yeah, well, yes, mate, it doesn't. But it just shows you how close how many shots he's taking and how close he's getting. That was unlucky against against United. Absolutely unlucky. And I agree with you. Sorry uh, uh, on the Trossard thing. Just want to drop some stats in. That's it, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it it the the Trossard thing hugely hugely unlucky. Um, but he has been um, impressive. I mean, I, we've discussed a few times that that Brighton in general have been impressive. Oh, why did I not go with my Lamptey pick from game week one? 
three assists in a row. I know that's a deviating a little bit. But yeah, I think... listen, you're you're allowed to do it on occasion, Kay. Uh, of course, one thing with the with Son is um, I know some people may have been holding him at that price to you know have an easier move to bring in say Pulisic yeah. when he's back. Um, who would be a big one because I think Chelsea really do miss him and I think all of their assets will will take a lot better when uh, when he's back. So yeah, and and on Kane, this is a uh, a bit of an interesting one, right? Because in recent times uh, we've had a lot of form to look at based on Son playing with without Kane, right? Rather than really the other way around, um, because Kane has spent so much time injured. But I. I would be a little bit worried that Son obviously has a lot of pace. Um, we haven't really seen Harry scoring the goals. He's, he's been playing, he's been a playmaker really. He's, he's going for, uh, the assist record from, uh, Kevin De Bruyne and, uh, Henri. So maybe that's his, his new role. Um, I'm worried a bit about Spurs because of the number of fixtures that they have. This is apparently the first muscular, um, injury that Son has had that has caused him to miss out. So that's kind of why he was being flogged because he wasn't getting those sorts of injuries um, over the course of his career. But they, they're still lacking a bit of something. Ali seems to be completely out of favour. Son's now injured with a hamstring. We don't know how long. You know, they've got these guys, LaCelso, Bergvine, you know, Lucas Morris, not great. Gareth Bale's not ready. So they're lacking a bit of depth in attack once again. And this feels like it's the constant story over the last couple of years with Spurs is these injuries cropping up in their attacking plays. And I think it shows how heavily reliant they are on having Son and Kane fit. But Son really, because he's a huge factor in that team and he's the one that steps up when Kane is out. So I think he's a huge loss for them. And with all of the fixtures, yeah, I think they're in a void for me. I think Kane, his underlying stats have been impressive. He's obviously done well um, since the, the season start or the last two game weeks. But it would be in a void for me. I think that there are other more stable options at the moment who have really good fixtures. And I think, yeah, as you said, Spurs need to um, need to show us what they look like without Son. Um, because they are so reliant, and um, yeah, the Kane now Kane probably will get a couple of penalties, no doubt, in the next couple of game weeks. So, um, yeah, yeah. so he'll 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 um, he'll do well. But yeah, he's he will. It's a watch and see for Spurs for for all of us. Um, Mersey, we're going to kick on now with our listener questions. We got a bunch in from Twitter and Reddit as well. I'm going to be um, doing a little bit more work and being around there on Reddit. Chatting to people and getting listener questions. So if you do have any and you kind of listen, yeah, just don't there. tell me, don't tell me any negative feedback about my singing or whatever. You know, I'm, no, just, no, I'm just no, only one positivity. Reddit, Reddit <laughs> guys have a lot of they have a negative, they have a bad reputation, but they're all lovely, Mersey. All right, cool. So there's a theme to to the first question, and I'm going to start it by this. I love this week. Green windmill. FBL is a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. But I've twisted my ankle and I shit myself within the first hundred meters, or as I called it, you had the polar Ratcliffe. That was <laughs> hilarious. And and because of the, you, 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 we had a few questions about this. So Sophie had apples and juice. Okay, so what do we do now? Uh, FBL Frank, our oh, mate, Frank Welsh eighty two. One point one million, mate, this is a good score yeah. in this pod. You're doing great. <laughs> red arrow on my red arrow on my wildcard, how do I delete my team? 
Uh, and then we had um, from Reddit, um, we had a question. Um, and I, I really like this question, actually. It was from uh, DM261. How do we determine if our team is a bad team and needs surgery versus a good team that had a good that had a bad game week? And I think it's and, and that's where I want us to discuss it. Like, OK, we've had a bad game week. Is it a bad game week? Is it a bad team? Or just unlucky. So, guys, what do you think? Don, we'll come to you first. Um, they, I think this is a really, it's a great question. And it's especially valuable to discuss and think about after a really shocking game week is to look at your team and go, is it, where did my players underperforming? Or is it a thing that it was just um, one of those freak occurrences? And I think this game week, and I think, to be honest with you, for the start of the season has been a little bit of a freak. Um, if you look at your players and you pretty much, they, they all look like they have the potential. None of them are looking like they're like overweight or they're completely disinterested in playing with their teams or they're, you know, there's some news stories about them having fallen out with their manager or playing out of position or whatever like that. If you have that kind of situation, maybe look at it. But if your players are performing well but just aren't getting the returns, then just do wait because... The template that formed, and it's been a different template every single game week for the for the first three. My policy with my shocking, shocking game week after wildcarding, my team looked exceptional. My front seven, I if I could have moved away and married it, I would have. It looked beautiful, and it did nothing. And it, but it's one of these things that sometimes you keep on chopping and changing and going. I need to move on to the next hot thing or the one that's currently doing it. And next thing you turn around, and the next game week, your old team are doing great. If you're looking at your team, if they're not underperforming, stick with them and just look at it. 38 games. A lot of stuff can happen, and don't keep on chopping and changing. That's my only advice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what I would add to that is uh, absolutely, if you're looking at your team and much as Don alluded to there, if you have a lot of quality players um, who, who you know over the course of a season are going to deliver a certain amount of points and that's partly why you've got them in and they've got pedigree, right, and particularly if they have good fixtures, then don't pay too much attention to one really bad week. It's hard to. But trust me, you have to be able to separate. Now, it's different with someone like Timo Werner, okay, who you, he still has a couple of good fixtures. So you may make a decision going into an international break, I'm going to hold off a second. But with someone like that who is new into the Premier League, has come in, um, you know, he hasn't got all of the other newbies around him, Pulisic isn't playing and so on. You know, him and Havertz are in there trying to figure out what on earth we're doing. With, with someone like that, it, it may make sense to move off and go to a Jimenez or an Ings or something a bit reliable and let that person settle in. It doesn't mean that they're a terrible pick. It just may mean they're not a right now pick. And there may be one or two players in your team that you can identify who fit that bill. But the chances are probably really good that you've crafted your team based on all the knowledge that you have for a reason. Um, our listeners are people who are really into this game and they they are on Twitter and they listen to podcasts and everything. So it's probably safe to assume that they've got a really good foundation. Don't panic too much just yet. Um, take a breath and see if there is a fire to put out. But don't create fires by panicking because, as Don said, today's template will be different next week. Yeah, completely agree. One of the things that I try to do is uh, look at my team and I go, OK, do I... I 
the one thing I would say is, and I think Don, you touched on it, stop switching, stop jumping, don't chase points because you, you look at the player that you picked. Why did I pick him? Good fixtures, good form. Okay, if you see something that is absolutely um, just wrong, fair enough. But with, with, with team, it's interesting because we have two questions on team. So I'm going to jump into the second question. We'll continue the discussion. Uh, Jonathan Strack, our friend at Jay Strack one He's looking to offload Son and Werner. We touched on Son. I want to touch more on the, uh, you know, the, the combination or, or, or for, for Werner, who to go for. He's thinking Ings or Jimenez or just swap Son, give Timo one more game. And we also have a question from Reddit as well uh, from um, Oblata974. What to do with Werner? Talking about Werner, you know, I kick myself because, and, and Don, I want to ask you as well, because I remember you had Vardy in your, in your first draft when we talked about it. With Werner, I said to people, there's two ways of this. You follow the, 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 the ownership, which was ridiculously 57%. Now is down to, I think, 30-something. DCL has more ownership than him. And because, because if he bangs, he's going to do well. Or he doesn't bang and people jump onto Martial or something else. And that's what's happened. People have jumped off and he dropped in price. Because he has, as Kylie absolutely spot on said, he hasn't settled. He's playing on the Chelsea as a team. And, and I said all of this, but I still went, which is my only, I, I see my only mistake right now. Because I don't regret having Martial in. I don't regret putting him in my team because I wanted to have a United cover. I probably will still, I'm deciding between him and, and, and Werner. I might go into the international break with uh, two or three transfers. But Timo Werner for me was probably a mistake. Now, what to do with it? Okay, it's good that he scored today. I think it's good for his confidence. I'm waiting to see the other games, how it goes. They are playing Palace, and Palace have been tight. They've been good. Um, but also, you know, Chelsea have been scoring goals. And if Pulisic or, or somebody else is back, uh, I don't think they will be before the, the, the international break, where they've got Southampton, who love to play a high line, where in the space will be ridiculous. But do I want to hold him for two more games? Say, I feel like I'm hoping to hold him and for him to do something when I know that Jimenez, Ings, DCL will just deliver. And that's the kind of debate I'm having with myself. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. The Werner shout is, it feels like one of those decisive kind of nearly season-defining decisions. Um, All of our advice all the time is give new players when they come in the league time to bed in, see how they fit. But I think all of us had with with the top Chelsea forward looking at their opening fixtures, went right and we and having seen him in the Champions League or in the Bundesliga went right this lad here looks like he could have the kind of impact that say Didier Drogba had when he came into Chelsea where he hit the ground running banging in goals and everyone just went right he's the obvious choice to start off with and then move off to Martial after they come back after the blank or you can there's a load of different range of ones now it's kind of becoming a difficult decision for me personally because I feel that in the first three weeks, what I've been irritated with myself for is I have stuck to my plan, but with Werner, I'm finding it hard to stick to my plan. I wanted just to not have any loyalty and just kind of move away from him to Martial or Martial hasn't done anything. Then I have Jimenez in on my wild card and it's a very easy move like that just to bring in Ings instead of him or just, or just bite the bullet and go with DCL or Richarlison. But it kind of feels like one of these ones where it's hard to let him go and not hold on to those two um, because I don't have a wild card anymore. For me personally, I think I'm just going to um, just let go of my team, just not not do anything with it and just basically roll into game week four. My team looks good, looks fine um, and then hold on to those two free transfers. 
if you sell a Werner now and it's before the um, international break, it's okay. Like Ings, Southampton's fixtures look great. Ings looks great. Um, Jimenez's fixtures look great. Happy days. But I just don't want to miss, after three weeks, maybe it's a stubborn streak in me, but I really don't want to miss him banging right before the international break. Yeah. And now I'm regretting it. You know? Exactly. Exactly. That's that's the debate that I'm having. I could easily do a minus four and get rid of Werner and Martial. They deserve, They both deserve it. Um, but Mar- again, Martial, you know, um, you, could, you, could, you could have a situation, them. though, like that with selling Son and Aubameyang. Now, Aubameyang didn't do a massive amount yeah. that week. But you could have a similar exactly. situation. You're selling explosive got, players and you're yeah. gone, you know. Yeah, exactly. They've got Spurs coming up. Spurs are going to try and attack them. Most likely, again, I said I want to see it happen. I think, look, you look at your team. Um, try, don't take... Uh, hits are fine, but they are fine for injured players. They are fine for players that are... That are <laughs> we say out of form. We're talking about not Martial, but maybe like an Ali or something like that. I, thinking out loud, I would say... I wouldn't want to take a hit because if they, you would need the player that you bring in to brace just to break even. So, Carly, what do you think quickly on uh, on the Werner? Well, no, I think it's all been all been said. I mean, I agree. I uh, unfortunately for me, I took, uh, I did bring Martial in, but I brought him in for Ings in game week two instead <laughs> of for Werner. So, uh, every element of that decision was dodgy. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and yeah, not, right. But um, but 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 this is it is what happens. And I knew by selling things for Martial in in that instance that there was a significant risk because of what uh, Ings was capable of, and he he's only gone and and proven that to be very much the case. A lot of people, certainly in Twitter, uh, rather than overall, ignored Jimenez in uh, you know to to look at the lacks of Werner so a lot of us seasoned managers have been distracted by the shiny new thing rather than going with the tried and tested candidates all who have started really well Uh, I do think it becomes very challenging though again using your son example uh, that same situation can happen and I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of taking hits to replace players I've brought in for hits and various other things so I think if you're doing it for free and you have absolutely no fires um, and you're really happy with that that move and you're bringing him and bringing Jimenez in or something then I think that's fine I would not do it as part of a hit though certainly Um, I'd probably make sure I was doing it because I have some conviction about who I'm bringing in and what that means for the rest of my team. Yeah, and I think, um, thank you, Carly. And I think for, for Jonathan, we touched already on um, transfers for, for, for Son. So um, I think we've got it all covered. Don, back over to you. Nice one, Mersey. And thanks to all of those um, listeners for sending in them questions. Um, the next section of our show is our game week plans and our captain pick. So, um, as I mentioned, my plan at the moment is just literally to take my hands off my team and uh, not do anything and just basically sit back and bank that transfer. But uh, Kylie, how about yourself? What's your plan of action at the moment? And um, who are you looking to captain for the coming game week? <laughs> well, my team is going up in flames. I'm sure many would tell me to wildcard, but I refuse. So... Um, for me, I have a, I do have a few fires. Um, I need to figure out what the situation with Podence is. Um, hopefully, it's just something small and, and that's it. 
I also have uh, Ben Davis from Spurs, who is a problem because the new guy is there and could very likely be playing. I mean, they have so many fixtures at the moment. So I need to be getting rid of him. I did resolve the Egan and St. Maximin fiascos last week uh, to nil new points because I brought in size and potence. So that, <laughs> oh, that's filthy. That point that's filthy. <laughs> yes, it's disgusting. Um, and then I had to go, I don't know if you saw this, I mean, we talk so many times about my bench sagas. I am quite known for having the uh, bench laden with points that I never, ever get because I never seem to go to my bench. Well, I went just in deep third on the bench this time to get some points, and he delivered one point, one point. I think in my entire FPL career, that is the first time I've gone to the third player on the bench. Um, and, of course, there was no points there. It was insane. But um, so I obviously my, – my bench is looking very threadbare now as well because um, – Neither of those those attacking players played. So it's all looking a bit messy. Really what it's going to come down to is what's the bigger fire. I think as much as Werner and Marshall annoy me, I also need to be a bit practical. They are capable of delivering in their fixtures. They're not injured. They're annoying, but they are playing. Uh, whereas Podence may not, um, and if Podence is fit, then I will probably address the the Davis thing. But it's going to be an, it's going to be about the information that comes in. Um, in terms of captaincy, there are a few viable options there. Uh, I mean, the one that really sort of stands out to me, to be honest, is the um, the City match against Leeds. I'm expecting that to be very open. We've alluded to that um, based on how. Uh, Leeds have played uh, how City defended. Uh, so I think there could be, hopefully, a lot of goals in that. Uh, we did say that about the Leicester match, but we'll, we'll see. see. I think there was plenty of goals in there too. <laughs> Just to wear the wrong we, team. We, we were right. <laughs> <laughs> we did have a penalty taker in it. We just had the wrong one, yeah, as it turns exactly. out. Exactly. We were so, <laughs> we were so Sterling, close. Why did Sterling decide to take a free kick? Why oh my goodness! To take a free I was raging. I was fuming. Yeah, yeah. Listen, <laughs> listen, we're not going to talk about game week three anymore. It's dead. And, it's dead and buried. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, but uh, listen, the um, yeah, no, as you said, the the Leeds the Leeds uh, Man City match should be a real goal fest. Um, I'm currently on Salah at the moment, but that you know, it's it because uh, I love watching I love watching Salah as my captain. Um, it felt completely wrong when I uh, when it was going into the Monday night football and I didn't have a Liverpool player captained. But we will um, move on to Mersey. You're um, given your game week. Have you got as many fires to put out as uh, as Kylie has? And uh, no. who's, who's going to be your captain? No, no. I'm happy with. My, I was I was uh, originally planning to take a minus four. I had planned to bring Sice in, but you know you know what? I looked at my defense. Justin got a good game. KWP got a good game. Trent staying going nowhere. So I'm going to keep them. They stay there. I've got Podence, but I'm going to keep him. You know why? Because I've got the man mountain on first on the bench, Sushik. So if he doesn't play, Sushik will come in. Probably gets me a hat-trick of headers anyway. So um, I'm not going to touch that. I am debating Werner or Martial. Do I just keep them? I would. Lo- it would be nice to go in in the uh, to the international break with a uh, and have a, a two free transfers um, in case of COVID or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I, part of me, as Carly said, you know. They just 
shite. And uh, it's actually the funny thing is uh, I'm not doing as as bad uh, as as you got as in not in the form right. you know in the four million. <laughs> Sorry, no. But what I was gonna say it's actually my strikers. It's funny because I love strikers and my strikers have let me down. It's no, actually no goal. Yeah, nothing, nothing apart from a Shea Adams uh, assist and a Werner assist. Um, the first game has been nothing. The rest have actually been all right between them. I remember the first game week, we all cried because only our premium delivered. I don't mind from now on if only my premium captain deliver and I get 70 points. Everybody else can get two points. I can't believe we moaned about <laughs> Everybody, we just love to moan. So, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to... It would be a very late decision. I don't care about price drops. I thought about it Saturday night. I was going to ship Martial out and then I thought, you know what? Just stay calm. There's a lot of games. Spurs are playing twice this week in Europe and the, in, in Europe and the Capoeira Cup. Uh, United have got a game. I want to see what happens, see if any injuries. Like There's rumours that Werner's limping, but apparently it's only a dead leg. So we'll see. And my move, if I do anything, will be Saturday morning. Yeah. Uh, my, my move for the week is just to do a David Moyes, sit back at home and watch my team win 4-0. That's really all there is to it for, um, for the week. And Captain Salah, of course. But uh, yeah, West Ham looked a lot better without Moisey on the on the sideline. Even though I, yeah. I was oh, yeah. I was listening to his replacement manager, his assistant manager, and he's like he's like a um, it's like David Moyes is in his body. It's like he did a Mrs. Doubtfire on a. <laughs> My captain will be uh, at the moment is KDB. Just uh, I forgot to mention that. So KDB at the moment. Uh, but could be Salah, but I'm, I think I'm going to go with KDB. Yeah, fair enough. Can't go wrong with. Well, you can go wrong with one of them, but uh, but hopefully you won't. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all we got time for on tonight's show, folks. Uh, we have been Mars. You can find at Mars05. Kylie, you can find at KylieFBL. Myself, you can find at The Marple Curse. And of course, make sure you're following our group account at Three Amigos FPL. Thanks as always for listening and your continued support. Enjoy game week four. Adios, amigos. Brother to brother and everyone, a brave amigo.